morning, everybody. It is 4.54 in the a.m. on this BEA beautiful Friday morning. All right, we got big plans this weekend. I'm very excited, but I'm more excited right now to get on this horn and talk to y'all because it's time for Archetype Wellness Radio. My name is Nick Ehrlich, and please, before I dive in, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or right here on the Anchor app. And as always, if I say something on this episode that is impactful or meaningful to you, I would just love it if you could share it on your social media. So I want to tell you a story this morning. And at the end of that story, I'm going to tell you the moral of the story, okay? So (laughs) I'm taking all the suspense out of it. So uh, years and years ago, my wife and I were driving up to uh, New Jersey for a Grappler's Quest tournament that we were both in back when we were both competing in jiu-jitsu a lot, okay? So we're driving up to Jersey. We're staying in this town in New Jersey that was like 15 minutes away from the venue. We got there on a Friday, so uh, we had both caught a little bit of weight. Um, and so we wanted to weigh in the day before so that we could actually like hydrate and get a good night's sleep and wake up the next day and kind of be ready to go. So <clears throat> we drive up there. It was around three hours away. Um, we get up there and we're looking for our hotel. And, by, and remember, like, like I said, we were both not feeling great, you know. I had cut, I think, around five pounds to make the weight, which isn't a huge weight cut, but you're a little testy and a little surly. And my wife had done, I think, around the same. And so, we, you know, we, we weren't our best versions of ourselves. So we're in this little town in New Jersey, and we're trying to find a hotel. And there's a weird, it wasn't a traffic circle as much as it was kind of like, um, like a big uh, kind of... Um, rhombus-shaped island in the middle of the road that all the lanes kind of button-hooked around. And so there were two left lanes uh, that were there were two left lanes that were both turning left at this intersection. We were on the one uh, that was to the inside and there was one to the outside of us. And uh, <clears throat> we're driving around. We don't know this little town. And we go to take a left. And what I didn't realize was that these lanes didn't really take a gradual turn left. It was a kind of a sharp turn left. Alright, so I didn't know that. I didn't know the road, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, you know, I, I wasn't expecting the, the, the lanes to cut so hard. I took the turn a little bit wide and I ended up tapping the guy next to me on my right hand side. Okay. Um, it was totally my fault. I, you know, I left a golf ball size dent in the back of his car. It was really not a big deal. We just kind of hit each other. It was, it was, it, it was a fender bender. It was nothing. Right. And by the way, completely totally 150% my fault all right like absolutely no excuses I messed up I just didn't understand how was how fast it was going to turn and so I just didn't cut it tight enough okay so anyway we pull over I immediately have got my hands up because it's my fault 100% my fault right but this guy gets out of his car and you would have thought that I just burned his house to the ground okay and this guy's screaming and hooting and hollering what the hell is wrong with you? You guys always do this. You guys always cut this turn. You try to cut me off in that lane. You always try to do it. You tried to do it this day. Like, you know, you, you kids are always doing this. You're always trying to, because I guess at this intersection, a lot of people will use that turn, try to get into the other lane. I had no idea, right? So I'm, I'm trying to tell this guy, I'm like, sir, first of all, yeah, it's 100% my fault, man. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm sorry. It's absolutely my fault. But I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not from here. Like, I don't do this all the time. Look at my plates, man. I got Maryland plates. Like, I'm not from here. I don't do this all the time, right? And he goes, no, you kids always do this. You always cut me off at this intersection. And I always drive, like, you know, this way. 
and you know he, he just keeps reading me the riot act over this thing right so i pretty much just stop talking i'm just letting him yell i tell my wife i'm like babe call the cops so they can come up here we can get all this stuff done right cop shows up he was super cool about it he's like you know hey man it was an accident you know you said it was your fault it's not a big deal like don't worry about it right but the thing that I realized was this, right? Was that A, I made a mistake. I absolutely messed up, right? But this guy was so angry about this intersection that apparently he gets cut off in all the time that he's taken that turn and he's waiting for someone to try to cut him off. Like he's ready to be cut off. And the funny thing is, you'd think if he was ready to be cut off, he would be a little more cautious about how he was speeding up next to people, but instead, you know, he was almost ready to get hit. Like, I felt like this speech was rehearsed. Like, he'd done it a million times in his head every time someone had almost hit him in this intersection. And so anyway, I, I think the moral of the story here is that sometimes if we get our heads around the idea of having a conflict and wanting a conflict, then we're going to look for that conflict whenever we can, right? You know, if you're preparing a speech for a waiter uh, that, you know, that brings you the wrong order, and then something comes and it's slightly off, right? You're gonna just go right into that speech regardless of how serious it was, right? If, you know, you have a coworker who's constantly doing something that irritates you and you decide that this is, and maybe by, by the way, maybe you decide subconsciously, maybe it's not even like a totally intentional decision. Maybe you just kind of like decide subconsciously, oh, okay, like this is the day that I'm gonna get upset if Karen eats my lunch again, right? I don't, I don't know why it's always Karen, but you know, then the tiniest little thing is going to set you off and you're going to go right into that reaction, right? The point is that sometimes we tee up those reactions in our head ahead of time, right? We think, if this, then I'm going to respond like that. So we're not responding to the situation. We're not responding to the moment. We're responding to something else that we were upset about. And we're just using this as an excuse to have that cathartic, like, get it out of our system screaming match, right? This guy, every time this guy had almost been cut off at this intersection, you could tell this was the talk he was giving to that person, right? I also appreciated him calling me a kid. I always like being called young. <laughs> but um, he, you know, he, he just rehearsed this so many times. And so something was a total accident that I apologized for immediately. And I was like, yeah, man, you're right. I was wrong. I apologize, dude. This is my fault, 100% my fault. You know, it doesn't matter because he was just launching into that same thing. And the other thing is, I think sometimes, right? And by the way, the, the, the fender bender was my fault, 150%. I'm not, uh, I'm not absolving myself of any blame, all right? I also think that sometimes if we have something queued up in our minds, right? About if this person does this, then I'm going to react like that. I think sometimes we can inadvertently lean into that potential conflict, right? Like we can lean into that potential, um, you know, butting heads. And then, you know, again, we're looking for things to go wrong. We're hoping that things go wrong. You know, it's like that old um, uh, Cedric the Entertainer joke about wishing that somebody would be in my seat or wishing that somebody would say something to me because then I'm gonna come at him with it, right? So then we're almost at fault for creating that conflict because we're out there looking for it. You know, we're looking for this conflict. I got reamed out by a guy a couple weeks ago, you know, and it was just a situation where he was just looking for a conflict. He was looking for, you know, a, a rough interaction. And then he took the tiniest thing that he could and had this volcanic reaction to it. 
right? And really, it was just a misunderstanding, but you could tell he'd just been teeing this up for weeks and weeks and weeks and was just looking for the opportunity to dump out all that stuff, right? So, you know, sometimes we think it's, it's, it's therapeutic to have that imaginary argument with that person, right? You know, when you get mad at someone at work or when you get mad at someone, at, you know, in a social setting, you don't say anything there because you know in the heat of the moment you're going to say something you don't mean. So what you do is you're like, all right, I'm going to get in the car and then I'm going to tell that person, you know, later on what I think. I'm going to get it out of my system. I'm going to feel better. Yeah, that works. But if you keep doing that, if you keep doing that thing of like, this is what I would say in this conflict and this is what I would say in this conflict, then I think that you're leading into conflict. I think that you're constantly looking for conflict. Okay. Rather than getting it out of your system, you're just more deeply embedding it into your subconscious so that the first excuse you get to just dump on somebody, you're going to. And the problem is you're going to look like an asshole because it's not a proportionate response to the situation, right? Like you're having a reaction that is not warranted by what just happened. And therefore you look like an asshole. Okay. That's the problem with it's like we think we're being therapeutic by having imaginary arguments, but if we continue to repeat them, we are in fact guaranteeing that that situation is going to happen. Only the problem is it's not going to be apropos of what just happened. It's going to be apropos of what happened weeks ago, right? And you're going to look like a jerk for doing so. So here's the thing. Number one, make sure that you are not walking around waiting for someone to say something to you, that you're waiting for this conflict, you're waiting for this interaction so that you can have this big end of an 80s movie, you know, uh, monologue moment where you just dump on somebody, right? Don't wait around for that because then you're gonna make sure that it happens. You're almost gonna guarantee that that interaction happens that way and I promise you, you're not gonna feel better afterwards. You're gonna feel like a jerk for having a, a, dispor a disproportionate response the situation that just happened, right? And you're not going to look like a hero. You're going to look like an asshole, okay? So don't lean into that. And make sure that in your given day, you are not seeking out conflict, okay? I talked yesterday about how embracing conflict, but I wanted to make sure that I got on and said, but you shouldn't be looking for conflict. You shouldn't be looking for battles with people. The conflict you should be looking for is stuff that tests you, stuff that makes you better. Stuff like, you know, a workout challenge or digging through your finances to see where you could be, you know, more fiscally responsible or, you know, maybe uh, calling up someone who you didn't do the right thing by and apologizing. Those are the things I'm talking about. The things that are going to be uncomfortable for you, but are going to make you better. Okay. That guy wasn't better because he called me a prick eight times after I tapped into him during a left turn. No. In fact, I guarantee you, he felt like an idiot. You know, and matter of fact, at the end of that interaction, he pretty much apologized to me for how he responded. And I said, it's all good, man. Don't worry about it. I understand you were upset, you know, but he was walking around looking for that conflict. Okay. So if you are seeking out an argument, if you are seeking out a moment where you can be upset at someone or you can dump on someone or you can just let into somebody, right? If you are walking around and saying, if this happened, then I will do this, then the this is always going to happen. All right, you're going to find it and it may not be the situation that you think it should be. It may be just the tiniest little thing, you know, and then you're not going to feel better. The other person's not going to feel better and it's all going to be bad. All right. Don't 
walk around like the Terminator looking for a target, okay? If you're walking around upset, figure out what you can do to not be upset. Figure out what you can do, all right, to control some of those feelings and not just look to dump them on somebody else, right? Because that's a vicious cycle and that's something we'll get into another time, okay? So don't walk around looking for arguments. Don't rehearse long soliloquies in your mind of the, you know, the riot act that you're going to read to someone that, like, that's wrong to you the next time that they wrong you. Because then your focus is just going to be on when's the next time this person can wrong me so that I can dump this on them and not living your best life. Okay? Thank you so much for listening. That is our Friday podcast. Okay? Uh, we're going to be back on next week as it's Friday. Please make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast and please make sure that you share it on your social media if I said anything that matters. Thank you so much for listening. Make it a great Friday and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.